I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the destiny of man. Am I on? Is this working? Is this on? Hello! That's my official start of this show. Is this on? Is this working? Hello! Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. I am your host, Tony Visick. Uh, we are coming to you live this morning from the ComedySchools.com studios high above Old Town Scottsdale, the fifth floor of the Scottsdale Financial Center. Um... And sometimes we uh, we podcast from uh, the home office in the entertainment capital of Arizona, Maricopa, Arizona. But today we are from the studios. They were built for one purpose and one purpose only. You got that IRS? One purpose and one purpose only, and that is to broadcast this show. Uh, we've got a whiz bang, a wing dang doodle of a show for you today, and we're kicking off a little early because our guest is here early, and also uh, um, uh, baby maker uh, Mandy is here. And we've got questions for her as well. But I'm going to kick off right now. Uh, instead of going through a big comedy calendar, tell you about what's coming up. Our guest is here. He is here now. Matt Sadler, ladies and gentlemen. Matt, how are you? Hello. I'm great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. I just fooled with your levels for a second. Okay. But now your levels are good. I can hear myself in my cans. Can you hear yourself in your cans? Yes. Oh, listen. The guy knows radio I've lingo. did a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, thank you for coming in. We appreciate Thanks it Thanks for so having much. me, Tony. I appreciate as I As I understand it, you were uh, miles and miles away. And uh, uh, you guys had timed getting here? Well, we also tried to kill some time. We drove around the block for about 30 minutes just to make no sure we weren't early. Driving around, were you trying to pick up strangers? No, we were just trying not to be rude. Yeah? Yeah. No, no, listen, you, you, anytime, you know, I mean, listen, you're in town, you're just passing through on a Greyhound bus because things went south for you. Correct. You know, and you just give a call. If we're here, <laughs> come on in. You know? <laughs> I said going south. Uh, you're not from the south. You're not from the north. You're not I'm not from anywhere, really. I, my father was in the military, so we, I lived in Japan. I lived in Germany. I lived all over, you know, upstate New York. I lived, uh, I, I live in Austin, Texas now. Oh, you live in Austin? Yes, sir. Yeah, there's a honky-tonk in Texas. There's a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah where they play western swing. They do. Yeah, do you know the rest of the lyric? Uh, I don't. They'll be the first to tell you. Bob Wills is Bob still the Wills king. Bob Wills the Texas Playboys? Yeah. 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 Do you know I'm that music? I'm familiar. Swing music? Texas swing, Texas yes. swing. Yeah. Bob Wills, if you ever listen to any of his music, uh, there's this band and there's a singer, and every once in a while you just hear Bob Wills go, ah that's right, boys. And that's all you ever hear him do. He's like, what? A, and he's waving a stick around. There's a great honky-tonk in Austin, Texas called The Broken Spoke. If you're yes. ever that way, yes. get out there and you will hear Bob Wills playing yeah. some music. Well, that song was a, uh, uh, Waylon Jennings had written the song, Bob oh. Wills is Still the King. Oh, when he was mad at uh, uh, Willie Nelson, yeah, because they were everybody was saying that Willie Nelson was the king, and they had had brief falling out, yeah, and uh, he wrote uh, Bob Wills is still the king, and after he came out, Willie Nelson called him up and went, "What the hell is all that about?" <laughs> and Willie went, "Oh, that's just mad." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sound. Oh, <laughs> uh, Waylon Jennings. I'm so a fan of his. How long have you lived, uh, lived in Austin? About 25. I, I went there to go to college uh, in the early 90s, and I uh, went there and uh, lived there ever since. Married to my wife about 15 years, and that's where we've chosen to buy a house and live. Is she a Texas girl? Uh, no, she's Cincinnati. Cincinnati? Born and bred, yeah. Or yeah. Cincinnati. See, I'm like old Midwest. Okay. So I would call it Cincinnati. Right. But you don't. I, I don't distinguish because I don't really 
you yeah, don't it's not really. So she's from Cincinnati. Yes. And you're from nowhere? I'm from nowhere. Where in was the longest no place address. you lived as a young person? As a young person, probably San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Yeah. So you were very familiar and comfortable with Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It's a good place to live. Weather's nice. I have uh, I have family and friends who live in Tejas. Okay. And uh, um, Austin is a bit of an oasis. Yes, it is. is. It's it a not? tiny blue dot in a sea of red. Is it's how we describe it. It's, it's kind of like Constantinople in the 1400s. Sure. A Christian place surrounded by an entire other culture. Yes. Do you guys ever worry about just being invaded? Like the Texas Rangers coming in and going, uh, we're just going to sweep you all out of here you, now. You know what's weird? We are getting invaded, but it's by people from Los Angeles. I have several friends who a few years ago sold their houses at the top of the market, mm-hmm. which made them you know, millionaires. Sure. And they went to Texas and they bought houses... In Austin and Tyler and all that area, yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, I've got I've got three um, um, nephews, okay, who all went to uh, all went to at least high school. Some of the some of them grade school junior in Tyler, Texas. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, I haven't been to their homes. Yeah, because uh, legally they're no longer my nephews. By heart, they are my nephews. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, divorce. <laughs> there was a divorce. They were my, you know. So, but I, I certainly, if my daughter was just in Austin because. Her grandparents live there. Is that right? Yeah, and they're like hippie. Yeah. Not hippie. They're like rich, hippie, liberal Los Angelinos who have moved to Austin. We have a lot of those. In fact, we get 160 of them per day. Now, do you do you view them as sconce or do you embrace them with open arms? Uh, it's it's they're they're not good at driving is the problem. So the traffic uh, is pretty painful uh, because nobody from Los Angeles is used to driving more than 20 miles an hour. I was going to say that they've driven five miles an hour their entire lives. Exactly. So they get confused when the light turns green. And and a lot of them are older. Yes. So now they're older and driving the speed limit, and that's it's, a disaster. That's exactly right. Uh, did you uh, where did did you start stand up in Austin? I did. That's where I started. Okay. That's where I met my wife. Yeah. Do you know uh, there were some guys used to hang around down there and maybe more Houston guys Andy Huggins I know Andy Huggins yeah he was one of the original outlaws he was Houston, original yeah, outlaws, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Pineapple John no Jimmy I, you know a lot of the same people I know yeah. I love Jimmy, Jimmy Pineapple yeah. he's a great guy uh, I knew Ron Shock. yes I yeah. worked with Ron Shock. he was one of the first people I worked with yeah so I knew all those guys I was uh, um, I, one of my best friends was uh, was Bill Hicks Bill yeah Hicks was uh, my my very dear friend for a long time sure and I started out in the 80s and I had the same road manager as those guys had a woman named Sandy DePerna out of Richmond. I've heard the name. Yeah, she used to book those guys a lot. Sure. She booked a lot of stuff in the South and Southeast. Even though I lived in Los Angeles, I ended up on the East Coast working there all the time, mainly because of two or three bookers who liked me when I first started. Uh huh. I just kept booking me. So I worked with Andy Huggins. Yeah. I worked with Ron Shock. I worked with uh, Jimmy Pineapple. I'm trying to think. There was a guy, Fred Greenlee. I don't think he's a... Uh, I know that name. I don't think I've ever worked with him. Yeah. How about Jack Mark Wilkes? Is he around? Ugh. I uh, don't know that name. No. Okay. He was well, he was like an outlier of that. I uh, came in after that group. Oh, sure. But they were they were quite a bunch, man. Yeah. Quite, oh, and Steve uh, Epstein. Steve. Steve Epstein. Epi. Epi. Epi Epstein. Yeah. Epi, yeah. Yeah. Epi's an, an, an interesting guy. Started out as a liberal who is now... Um, Kind of a conservative guy. He flipped, didn't he? He flipped. Yeah. yeah. And what about you? Live in Austin? Are you a liberal? Yeah. You are good. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, uh, my mother raised me that way. Um, yeah. If I ever voted for a Republican, she would disown me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the term "yellow dog Democrat"? Yes, I do. Yeah, because it's a Southern term. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Why do you Why do you explain it to our listeners? As you well, a yellow dog Democrat. It was under the. If I remember this correctly, because I did go to college, I swear to God, uh, <laughs> that was under LBJ. LBJ would have been a yellow dog Democrat. It was yeah. a, a a Southern um, Democrat, which w- is very 
different. A yellow dog Democrat would probably not recognize the Democratic Party of today. No. Well, but because uh, LBJ changed all that when he signed the Civil Rights Act. Um, and Voting Rights Act. Did I did I did I pass the test? Huh? Yes, you did. You did good. <laughs> well, you know what? It, 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 the the exact same used to be to go. Uh, uh, would you ever vote Republican in the same? If you ran a Republican and a yellow dog. I'd vote for the yellow dog. Yeah. And you yeah. had to say dog long. Dog. <laughs> you got to do the draw. Yeah. You got to draw it out. Yeah. yeah. And you, you almost have to purposely make it longer. Sure. I'd vote for a yellow dog. <laughs> that, that, that one. Now, in Texas, there's a slightly different accent than other parts of the South. Sure. It, it's a twang as opposed to a draw. Yeah. And it's also kind of up here a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit slower, you know. They yeah. talk a little bit slower because they're you know they're drinking their coffee at lunch, you know, <laughs> just having a good old time, you know. Are they still sipping out a saucer? You know, they <laughs> <laughs> that boy takes his tea out of a saucer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing; like my accent is not discernible. So everywhere I go, people go, "You're not from here, are you?" Yeah. And in Texas, here. Up north, nobody recognizes my accent. I think the first guy to say to any other guy in Texas, you're not from here, are you, was a member of the Comanche tribe. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, intern oh. Rob has showed up. Hello, intern Rob. This is our intern Rob who we just... We, How do you do, Rob? He works for us, but then he decides when the hell he's coming in. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it's exciting. Well, he's on time. We're early. Yeah. But yeah. don't you think the intern should be here early? I. It's not really up for me to decide. I'm, I've just walked in the door. But I'm axing. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm want people to like me. All I'm doing is axing a question. <laughs> Maybe you could answer a question a man axes. He don't want to answer the questions. <laughs> What's with you? I just I want to be liked. That's so all. did you start a? So uh, Texas has is is a fabled uh, uh, comedy. Uh, Austin, Houston, sure. Uh, 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 more than Dallas, although Dallas a lot of cool stuff in Dallas. Dallas got some good stuff going on. Yeah, but as far as as far as being places that were at the very beginning of the comedy boom. Sure. There was a woman named Sharon Menzel. Is her name? Have you heard of her? No, I feel badly that I haven't. She owned the Houston Comedy Works, where all those guys oh, started. Yeah. You should ask them. She ran a workshop. Okay. That Sam Kinison was living in Oklahoma yep. and heard there was a workshop. In Houston, mm-hmm. that ran by a woman, and moved there purposely to take the workshop. I find it interesting that you pronounce it Houston, as opposed to Houston. How do I say it? Like Donald Trump would say, "Huge." Yeah, I say Houston. Yeah, it's Houston. You, you started with a Y. It was just I'm Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I Like I also I don't say I had to train myself to say coupon because I said coupon. What the what? Coupon. You're from yeah yeah coupon. A coupon. A coupon. You would say coupon? In, I grew up in Missouri. Okay. Okay. So like a Cupid doll? Yeah, like Cupid doll, coupon. Okay. And we also called a I've pen. I've never heard that. We called a pen an ink pen. What the what? Yes. Yes, this is true. This is true. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. Well, you know, in Texas, we have drinking beer. Drinking beer. That's our, my That's my drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do they like to put the gerund in front of the noun. Do you still have sipping whiskey? We have sipping whiskey <laughs> and drinking beer. Yep. Are you drunk? And this is my wearing shirt. <laughs> Are you drunk? Oh, I ain't drunk. It's just my sipping whiskey. <laughs> Do you have free two beer down there? No, God, no. no. Uh, they have that in Oklahoma, and it yes. infuriates me because I didn't know that. That's a trick they play on the out-of-staters. Yes. Because uh, they, they actually, in Oklahoma, they refer to full-strength beer as Texas beer. 
Yeah. And people will go to Texas and buy cases of it and bring it back into Oklahoma. 3-2 beer. I, the first time I played Oklahoma, I sat down at the bar and I drank, I'm not kidding, about 11 beers. And I was amazed that I didn't have that annoying buzz that usually comes from drinking that All much beer. All you did was pee. Yeah. 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 I, every time I'm in Oklahoma, at the end of the week, I have a big gut, a giant ass, and half a buzz. <laughs> you fit right in there. Yeah, exactly. I, I owned a club in Oklahoma. For Is that years. right? Yeah. I owned, uh, uh, it was Joker's Comedy Club, but all of my employees called it The Jokers. <laughs> and I tell them, I go, guys, our club's not The Jokers, it's Jokers. And they go, you're right, sir. Absolutely. Hi. Welcome to The Jokers. <laughs> you know, that look that someone gives you like, I don't care what you think. You're a short timer here. <laughs> I have you're a carpetbagger. You're a carpetbagger. That's how I was viewed. I go, I'm from Missouri. They go, that's worse. <laughs> now, you, you, uh, uh, you played Oklahoma. You played the Looney Bin? Yep. Yeah. I play all the Looney Bins. All the Looney Bins. Oh, yeah. They, they got they, one. Wichita, Kansas has streets named after me. <laughs> I'm huge in Wichita. <laughs> yeah. You, I'm huge. Huge. Huge in Wichita. Very so, huge. So I, that was all my, those were all uh, part of my stomping grounds uh-huh. when I toured. And some of the towns, like I said, I own the club there now. Uh, the old, uh, somebody called Stanford's Boys. Oh, my gosh. Are the guys who own yeah. the Looney Bins. Yeah. Uh, I know the guy's name, Jeff. Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones yep. started out, uh, when I first met him, he was managing a uh, Stanford's in Overland Park, Kansas, before the, uh, before the Stanford boys and their daddy had their big fallout. Yeah, I've heard the stories about that. That was right before I started comedy. And then uh, then he owned a, he owned a Stanford, he owner manages Stanford's in Little Rock. Ah, <sighs> yeah. And in those days, you would stay at Jeff's house in Little Rock, and he had a refrigerator with a lock on it. <laughs> That's hysterical. So you couldn't get in and get his bologna? You couldn't get in and get Jeff's food. <laughs> and he drove a uh, hatchback Porsche. He still drives that. Does he still that? Because he is a, he's a, he's a, one of the reasons that Jeff is a successful, you know, and a lot of people uh, give club owners a hard time about being cheap or parsimonious. Or, sure. But a guy like Jeff, who's now been in the comedy club business for 20, 25 years, Easy. is able to stay in it because he's smart with the money. Yeah. He's smart with the money. And there's uh, one of the guy, Larry. Oh, my God. He, in the OKC club? Yeah. Larry and Terry, who yeah. run that club. Yeah. Uh, Larry. Uh, Older guy. Quick impression of Larry. Larry is an amazing person because all he wants to do is to be left alone. Yeah. He just wants to fish and play golf, and that's all he wants. And he's really bothered by having to manage a comedy club. And he does the announcements. The opening announcements of the comedy club are hysterical when he does them because he'll go, All right, everybody, welcome out to the Lillard Bank Comedy Club. Um... <laughs> Y'all, y'all, now hold on, y'all, y'all uh, your headliner tonight is, uh, hold on, I got it here somewhere, uh, hold on, and he shuffles papers, and he goes, hey, y'all turn off your cell phones, okay, turn off them beepers, I don't want to hear that during the show, okay, now your headliner tonight, he's been on some damn thing or another, uh, I've given him the light before, I've been like, Larry, start the damn show. <laughs> I really like those guys, Larry, I met before uh, Jeff, because he was managing, uh, there was a uh, Stanford's in Westport. Sure. And uh, uh, so uh, that was one of the first nice clubs that I headlined. <laughs> I'd headlined some other places that were of dubious distinction. <laughs> but uh, an Xbox. Well, you're standing on a pool table? Yeah. An Xboxer named John Penny used to uh, book it. Uh, used to book Stanford's. I'm John Penny and I'm the happiest man in the world. <laughs> that was his act. Wonderful guy. He really was. But it, so there, and, uh, he, and then I get there and I meet the. Have you ever worked Stanford's? Never. 
You ever work for like Craig Glazer? <laughs> I'm Craig Glazer. I've been to prison. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, the, the Midwest is just a fascinating place yeah. for the comedy business because a lot of these guys were, they came out of other businesses. I had a different business before I got in comedy. I was an unlicensed pharmaceutical rep in Hollywood. Oh, I hear that's uh, pretty profitable. Yeah, I can. You know, it's, yeah, not much of a retirement. You but. stick it away. No, no. <laughs> you, you still got to watch your money. You know, you got to keep your inventory. You know, you got to do your quarterly reports. <laughs> Don't sample your own goods. Yeah, I didn't sample it. I just did it all. There you go. <laughs> so were you ever a drug addict? Uh, no, I was never a drug addict. Uh, I played around a little bit. Um... Yeah, no, I never got addicted to drugs. Uh, have, I, you, have I, you ever uh, killed a man? Uh, one, no, 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 he didn't die. <laughs> what we like to say around here is that I've never killed a man in anger. So, uh, just for sport. Oh, uh, it's all. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it up my campaign manager to straighten it out. It was a business decision. I'm going to tell you some things. You know, <laughs> that's how um, uh, Lenny Bruce had a great bit about the mafia. Now they dissolve partnerships. Because there's no writ, no lawyers, no boardroom. Just what happened to your partner? Uh, the guy died. He died, yeah. How'd he die? Drowned. Drowned, yeah. Good swimmer. Couldn't get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> so you started in, I want to get back to this. You started a place like the Velveeta Room? Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. That's exactly where I started. That's where I met my wife. She yeah. was the door girl at the Velveeta Room. Okay. and because uh, Good I, memory. I never worked that club. I'd always heard about it, but I worked Cap Cities a couple times. Sure. Is that still there? It, it's still there. It's it's my home club. That's where I play. Uh, it used to be the Laugh Stop, probably, yes. when you were stomping around. Howard Trussman. Yeah. Several Laugh Stops. Howard, yeah. Sweet gigs. The Velveeta Room is uh, one of the toughest rooms in the country. Uh, most comedians agree it's one of the ten toughest rooms because nobody goes there to see comedy. They get yelled at. They're drunk on 6th Street, and they get yelled at by a door guy, and they just wander in. Like a strip joint. Yeah, it is. Like It used to be a strip joint, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hence the name Velveeta. Exactly. What? 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 I liken it to, uh, in the 80s, uh, the Soviet Olympic athletes used to train in oxygen-deprived situations so that when they got out on the field, they had all this extra oxygen. Mm -hmm. That's what the Velveeta is like. If you can get drunk people to listen to a joke in that club, it will kill anywhere else in the country. (laughs) Now, you start at the Velveeta room. Yes. And then after a while, you start working professionally. There's only one place. There's either north or northeast. That you head. I mean, you did you head up through Oklahoma, up through Tornado Alley, or did you end up overworking the Southern Circuit, or was neither one of those true? You know what? When I started, um, I, I I was really enthusiastic. I had great energy. I wasn't funny at all, but I had so much energy that they wanted me to be the MC. So I would have this incredible enthusiasm about the show. I wasn't getting any laughs, but nobody noticed. They're like, he's so excited about this show. We probably it's probably going to be worth the money uh-huh. and so i got a lot of work that way and i got a lot of work opening and i started out yeah at, at looney bins and all over texas and uh louisiana yeah i worked a lot of the southern rooms and uh then just cut my chops cut my teeth there and uh yeah did you work for uh, heffron entertainment yes i yeah. did <laughs> i worked i did yoder runs yoderville oh man i did tours of wisconsin illinois Iowa, like playing Holiday Inns. No, and the the clock the clock tower restaurant in yeah. Rockford, Illinois. Oh my God, yes. oh, Rockford! I played Rockford. Rockford. Yes, I played that club. You played that club. I played Eau Claire. I played all the horrible Holiday Inns all over the place. Just to you know, I spent Thanksgiving on a Greyhound bus yes. eating a turkey sandwich 
You know, yes. And I called my mother from a payphone to ask her what she was cooking for, you know, Thanksgiving. And she's like, "Well, if you weren't out gallivanting around the country," and I'm like, "Mom, I'm in a, God, I'm in a bus station, <laughs> in a Greyhound bus station in Springfield, Illinois. I'm not gallivanting anywhere." Did you realize as you stood on one of those stages that one day you would then be doing a podcast in Scottsdale with a man who had been there before you? It was Did always you? a dream, Tony. <laughs> When I was started out, I was in uh, uh, New York City, and I wandered down the village and begged the guy running the bitter end, let me go up and do 10 minutes of comedy. Sure. And uh, the guy goes, I don't know why, and I felt, because this is where Bob Dylan stood. So I was wondering if you felt the same way, maybe about me. <laughs> it's very close. It's ver- The feeling of elation I have is very close to that. I'm a little more talkative than Bob. You are. Yeah. Yeah, Bob's a little reserved. So, uh, yeah, Yoderville, man. I did all those. Oh, t- man. Yeah. I opened for a guy called Jerry Grossman. Yes, Jerry. Hell yes. You know Jerry? Yeah. The human jukebox? The human jukebox. Yeah. He wanted, uh, what he, he was a guitar act, and his whole shtick would, he, he would open with a couple of jokes about the South, and then he would say, I want everybody to yell out one hit wonders from the 1960s. Yes. And then he would play them on the guitar. He would play about six seconds of each song. And I, who had just got done doing my 20 minutes, and I went to the bar, I introduced him, and I'd go to the bar, and... And uh, he'd go, give me one hit wonders from the 60s. And I yelled out. I made the mistake of yelling out, question mark, and the Mysterians. It's an organ song. Exactly. (laughs) Which pissed him off. And he told me after the show, he's like, listen, that is a keyboard song. Don't yell that out. And I said, okay. And for the rest of the tour, we did two weeks together. For the rest of the tour, every time I got off stage, I would go to the bar, get a shot and a beer. And, it's, and I'd wait for the cue. I'd wait for it, man. I'd wait for it. Can I get some one? I'd go, you might have a Every goddamn thing. Just to piss him off. I used to hire that guy. Yeah? <laughs> but I, I wouldn't watch him. I'd just go sit in my office. <laughs> I'd sit in my office and go like, Jerry Grossman. I like Jerry. He's a nice guy. When I open my nice guy club, he can be the headliner. The next time you work with him, if he gets mad at you, tell him he's racist because question mark was a Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, so there. Yeah. So yeah, man, this is bringing back a lot of... I'm actually working on a story right now. I did a tour for a month in 1988 with Andy Kindler and Bill Hicks. What the what? And it was all Yoderville. That's what we call it, Yoderville. Yeah, yeah. There were triple runs. Yep. They I'm were familiar with those, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave, is, Dave was at our wedding. By the producer of the show, I should bring some of this in. The producer of the show uh, uh, just happens also to be my uh, lovely wife, Shirley Lovisick, who's in a room with us. Uh, we got married. We got married. How, what do you think we got married in? A fever. So uh, uh, what? how hot was it? Hotter than a pepper. So uh, not a Dr. Pepper. So uh, don't shake your head at me, Mandy. I'm going to bring you in here in a minute, and I'm just going to make you say things that are so wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when I make Mandy say things that are wrong, she says, if saying these, thing, these things are wrong, I don't want to be right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, we got uh, David was at our wedding. David Tribble's at our wedding. Sure. Shows you how high up I go. Sure. In the, on the entertainment ladder. Absolutely. David Tribble. You get all the big names. Came to my wedding. And Rich Scheidner. So, oh, uh, I love Rich. He, yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Rich. Rich, is a, Rich was uh, the first guy to ever give me. He got me a gig in that I'm here today is Rich's fault. Is that right? I don't. And I've told him before. I don't know whether to thank you or hit you, but he's about two heads taller than me. So yeah. I just thank him. He uh, came and saw me at an open mic night, the Laugh Factory, and then told okay. me I was serviceable. And I said, "Be careful with your terms. We're in West Hollywood." So um, um, <laughs> nothing against anybody. I just want to know the lay of the land before I look through the porthole. So. Um, and he hired me to be his opening act here in this city in, nice. in the year of our lard, 
1986. Is that right? Yeah. Back yeah, that's day. right. When he was coming off Carson, wasn't it? He did. He just done a Tonight Show. Yeah. 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 He done a couple things, and then you know he had that incredible run, and then he just, I you know I I I we were we lived down a street from each other in Los Angeles uh-huh. for years, and and one day he goes, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a stand up comic anymore. I'm gonna be a writer. A writer. I'm just a cigarette. Going to places, being a liquor pimp. And um, he uh, went and he wrote for sitcoms for ten or twelve years and didn't do. And even though he won't, um, and I'm going to say this publicly here. Good. Okay. Even though he will not admit it, unless I remind him that after being out of stand-up for twelve years, the first people to hire him to a full set was uh, a partner of mine and I. We brought him here to Phoenix. I think he won't mention it. He won't mention it the first time he headlined again after that long hiatus. It's because we hired him and put him into Dave and Buster's. So. <laughs> 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 it was his first time. He was playing next to the ski ball machine. Well, no, they had a little room. <laughs> and I used to book a, a little room at a Dave and Buster's, and I said, "I said, come out here, do an hour." And he goes, "I, I, I haven't done an hour long. I come out and do it." He was, and uh, so maybe the reason he never brings up that the first headlining gig he had on his return. Was it a Dave and Buster's in Desert <laughs> That's a great impression of him, by the way, because he sounds like Tom Waits gargling gravel. Uh, yeah, uh, but angry. I, yeah. With too much testosterone. Yeah. No. <laughs> and did you see I Am Comic, that movie he I did? I did. I did. I yeah. loved that movie. Yeah. That was so real. Yeah. 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 And, and, that, and that he was so brave to let Jordan film that yeah. the way he filmed it. And I'm of the opinion he's one of the comics, and there are a few, who quit drinking and was still funny. Yes. Yeah, you know what he, I mean? Yeah, he did. He uh, he had quit drinking, and uh, well, I always tease him about this because uh, I had quit everything as well, uh-huh. and uh, and so that's kind of we met after. But he would be sober a little longer than me. Mm. But he went to the Atlanta Punchline and did coke. Oh, and I'm not saying that anybody down there uh, 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 gave it to gave him. it to him. <laughs> I'm not saying it was affiliated with the club. Sure. You know, but, and so he's like six weeks after me, and I always call him a youngster. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, he gave me my start there. Then I worked all that stuff, Yoderville, Tribbleville. Sure. It was Creative Entertainment, then Heffron. Yeah. And uh, some Texas stuff. There's some weird bookers, and there's some weird gigs in Texas. Oh, yeah, I played them. There there used to be a place in Wichita Falls where it was comedy and dance. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) See, and the way I I got my start on the road is a comic. I didn't know I was being played, but he goes, listen, I've been watching you at the open mics, and uh, I think you're ready. I think you're ready for the road. Who was it? A guy called Tom Hester. Okay, all right, we know that name, yeah. Yeah. He goes, I think you're ready for the road. And I go, okay. And he goes, okay, I have an important question for you. Do you have a car? (laughs) Because uh, there's this room in Waco, Texas, that you're going to play, <laughs> and you're going to open for me, and you're going to drive us. And that's how I got my start on the road. <laughs> Do you have a car? <laughs> that literally used to be a David Trouble question. question. Somebody would somebody come and go, hi, uh, David, uh, so-and-so recommended me. Go, okay, good. Do you have a car? Do you have a car? <laughs> Can you drive the headliner? <laughs> <laughs> you drive... Good exposure. You're going to Midland, Texas. <laughs> no, you can order anything you want off the comic menu. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the cheese sticks you can eat. <laughs> Jerry, you'll hit some of these clubs, uh, and uh, maybe you can elaborate on this, where uh, because you're making what well, it sounds like good money. You're a young guy. Oh, yeah. And you go, you can make $500 for a week telling jokes. Yeah. They go, yeah. But it's almost like one of those old 1940s, 50s uh, uh, uh 
kind of social realism films about corrupt unions. You got all right, pal. You got to pay for or, or like or like a crooked boxing. All right, you made ten thousand dollars, but there's towel fee, management fee. <laughs> we wipe the sweat off you. You get fourteen dollars and thirty two cents. Yeah. So you get five hundred dollars flat, <laughs> if that much. I have no problem talking about this, but Let's there was talk about a club it. in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne. Snickers. Sn- I know the club. Yeah, and it's one of the worst clubs I ever played because they paid you less, about half of any other club in the country. Yeah. Right? And you weren't allowed to sell merch. You weren't allowed to announce now, it from the so, state. So let me elaborate for listeners. Go ahead. Merchandise. A lot of guys uh, supplement their income, and it's a cool kind of thing. They supplement it by selling T-shirts, sure. CDs. When you're feature, when you start out as a feature, the middle act on the road, you want to do something to supplement your income. Yeah. Because you don't make a whole lot, so you know to pay for your gas or whatever, your food or whatever you I sell. Just, I got it. There was a Go guy ahead. named Robert York whose wife used to sell stuff after the show that had nothing to do with his act. <laughs> what? Like jewelry and shit. She would put. Out. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you'd gone to uh, uh, the little bighorn and you walk into the gift shop. <laughs> All right, so you're at Snickers. So it's like seven hundred dollars to headline, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But I was there. I was linking it together with some other clubs that I was playing, and you're not allowed to announce that you have stuff for sale. You can sell it afterwards, right? And then the the owner would do this public access show. He would tape. After the show, you would sit at a desk like it was a talk show, and he would tape it for you and just interview you. Like it was a Tonight Show appearance, except he wasn't funny. And <laughs> then he would try to sell you a DVD of your performance. <laughs> Depending on what kind of quality you wanted, it was upwards of $1,200 for this DVD. $1,200? Right? No BS. $1,200. And I sat with him after the show, and he bought me a beer, which I thought was very gracious of him because I didn't buy his DVD. At his bar? At his bar. And uh, he said, listen, I know I don't pay a lot, and I feel badly about it, but the next thing I'm going to do is up the pay for the comics. But I'm just trying to make it work. You know, I'm just a club owner. I'm really trying to make it work. And then he got in his Hummer and drove (laughs) off the parking lot. And I was like, yeah, screw you. Yeah, Yeah, uh, the whole merch thing. Is always is always fascinating. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I I knew a guy one time who was uh, was bragging to me that he was making more money off his merch. Sure. Is a, a lovely, very funny Southern comic who's who's uh, passed away, James Vernon. But uh, then when he got a letter from the IRS going, uh, "Hey, what about all yeah. this money? You don't want too much money." Yeah. Yeah. It, what it was is he was selling it one night and there was a IRS guy in the audience. What? Yeah, and the IRS guy just kind of looked and went. He started talking to him, and James was bragging. Yeah, you know, I'm getting paid a thousand bucks by making. Oh a no! He and said so, that on stage. No, no, he oh. said it to the guy while Ooh. he was selling the merch, not realizing it was an IRS guy. Oh. So I, I, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, comics, young comics, old comics, whatever, listen to this podcast. I always give him this advice. Tell me if you agree. I report everything. If I get ten bucks, I track it and I report it. So I report everything because if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, then legally and justifiably, without being aggressive, you can usually get enough write-offs right. to do the same thing that you might do out of some sort of insane fear-based decision. Right. But a lot of those guys that sold merch go, I don't have to report this. Right. How are you going to find out what they found out on him? Yep. So, um, yeah. That's, I, I got really good at write-offs. Yeah. I, I got really yeah. good at that. I, yeah. I usually I end up... You know, with a loss and get a return every year. Yeah, yeah. Because I write off little, cable, little earned income. Credit. I write off anything. You know, internet, the whole thing. I'm like, I'm writing jokes. I need the cable to write the jokes. Now, how long have you been? Ma- so you started out single as a comic. Yep. 
You were a single man. Yes. And now you're a married man. Yes. Okay. Children? Uh, no children. Um, I'm unable to have children because they're loud. <laughs> and we have white carpet, so it's not going to work out. Um, no, we decided early on when we were, we were engaged that uh, the dream was for me to... Oh, gosh. What? Oh. Will I plug you in? Plug Hold on. We're just interrupting the show here. Plug in your wife. I'm going to plug in my wife. Uh, we decided early on that I was going to be, on, you know, the dream was for me to be a headliner and a comedian professionally, so it wouldn't be fair for her to be pregnant while I was off on the road or especially, you know, running around with a baby or a toddler when she I was off on the road. She could have got pregnant by someone else. That That's true. Yeah. In fact, I think she may have. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, um... But, I mean, I, you know, I worked cruises as well, and I took her to Italy last year, so it worked out for that's, her. That's one of the, that, that's one of the uh, kind of, like, cool upsides of being, uh, uh, being a comic and being married. That when you do it, there are some gigs, you, you bring your wife, she goes, do you hate me now? <laughs> do you, hate, you take her on, like, a Yoda run, she's going, are, are, oh, are God. we getting a divorce? I would never do that. Yeah. I would never do that. Triple run, and then you got to stay in the, the off-night hotel. you got to stay in the, the off-night hotel. you got to pay for it, and you tell her, scooch down in the car yeah. so we get the discount. Right. So we can get the $19 instead of paying 29 <laughs> <laughs> And it's a hotel room where you sleep on top of the covers because God knows what's happened under the covers. You don't even want to get under them. That's, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, but sometimes... Or comedy people, condos. God forbid I put her in one of those. comedy condo. Oh. We're going to be staying... Now, you'll be staying at the comedy condo. Yeah. And it's a house out in the middle of a thicket somewhere. <laughs> it's horrible. You and know? comedians are the worst. Yeah. You know, you don't want to stay in the same place. Some of the weird neighbors living there are just like circling the house with gleam in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they got machetes. <laughs> and those are the better condos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, now is this your first time in uh, the greater Phoenix area? It is my first time in the Phoenix area. Yeah, I played Tucson before, but uh, this is my first time to Phoenix. I've played Rick Bronson's rooms in uh, in Edmonton, which is probably one of my favorite clubs in the in the world. One of the, you know, uh, we would say it's one of the greatest clubs in the country, but it's actually in Canada. So we say greatest clubs in North America. North America, sure. There's there's no one, no one has ever. It's one of the best clubs. Oh God. Okay, and then have you played his Mall of America club? Yes. And Many that's times. another fantastic club. I like that club, yeah. too. And now you're here for the first time. I am here for the first time, yeah. and I love this club. It's built perfect. It's got that low ceiling that you want as a comic so the laughs don't just, you know, dissipate. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm a I, fan. I've told people, uh, you know, there's places you walk into. Like, I'm sure the minute you walked into this room, you went, oh, this, you never know what you're walking to. You walk in and go, oh, this is going to be okay. This is a cool room. Sure. Because that's what we've done here. Sure. We Right? We've made it a cool room, right? So, uh... <laughs> No, that was one of our ideas. We went, you know, we got to have a place that, you know, people are going to walk in and go, oh, this isn't some, this is some shit can. Oh, no, but, I love uh, it. Yeah, so Rick. The staff is great. The staff is great. His club is one of those, when you walk in, you go, it's just a cool place to be. Even if we're going to sit at the bar and just wander around, that we'll walk into a cool place. Then when you see the level of entertainment, I think that, uh, and I don't have to say this. Okay. And I'm not, and I'm not saying guys I have to. I think that uh, Tammy and or Rick, but as I understand it, it's primarily Tammy who does this. Uh, Rick runs a lot of the other part of it. That she has done an incredible job of finding that talent that other people don't see and then gives them the opportunity and then everyone's happy that they were brought here. I am a fan of Tammy and Rick. Yeah. And Rick, uh, I played his club the first time I, on J.R. Brow's recommendation. I played... Yeah, he's my buddy. Yeah, uh, I played his club in Edmonton, and he like Rick liked me, and Tammy liked me, and they said, "Will you come back and do New Year's Eve?" I'm going to tell this quick story <laughs> that made her cry when I told it. But uh, Rick Bronson had me up to play New Year's Eve. That's how much he in liked which me. Which club? 
In, in Edmonton. In Edmonton. And, and that meant that you get up there and you stay the week of Christmas, and then you stay the next week and you play both weeks. And Boxing Day. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I know my Canadian. So he knew I was going to... There was no show on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and he knew I was going to be by myself in the condo, and he felt badly for me. So he said, hey, I have a big dinner party every year on Christmas Eve. Why don't you come? Yeah. He goes, do you drink? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what do you drink? And I said, uh, vodka. What kind? Montepulloa. He goes, I'm going to get a handle of Montepulloa. You can. I'm going to have somebody pick you up from the condo, bring you to my house. You can get drunk, and then I'll have them drive you back whenever you're ready to go. We'll have a great time. And I said, okay, great. And he said, okay, I'll have a car there at 7 o'clock for you. And I said, awesome. And I got on my little suit, and I bought a nice bottle of wine to bring with me. And 7 o'clock came, and there was no car. And then 7.30 came, and no car. He had completely forgotten about me. <laughs> and I just sat by myself in the condo drinking a bottle of wine going, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It's so funny. He sees, he sees me two days later. I walk into the club. He goes, hey, Matt. Oh, God, I forgot about you. I didn't have his number. He didn't have mine. It was it's just okay, sailor. <laughs> hey, sailor, it's okay. We understand. <laughs> That's a good drink. Oh, my God. Oh man, now you good. You give me another thing to have over him. I can next time we have him on a show. I go. Do you oftentimes forget comics? <laughs> I will never let him forget that ever. <laughs> Do you get a raise? No. <laughs> they always treat me nice, though. To be honest, they <laughs> no, always treat me great. No raise. That was going to be my autobiography one time. Good job. No bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the sellout. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for selling out. Uh, call us uh, a couple of weeks. We'll see what we got for you. <laughs> Send me your avails. We'll see what we can do. I actually said to a, uh, the receptionist one time, I go, which day should I call that they definitely won't be in <laughs> that you tell me to call back later? And she went, next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's do, uh, you know, I, there's a couple other things I want to get to. Sure. Uh, but uh, I want to take a little break, and then we'll get to that. And then we, uh, we have uh, Mandy information that we want to cover as well. You're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Three, two, one. You know, you know what? I, I should just. I, I want to do like my own music, like dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun. This is this American podcast comedy edition on Comedy Skills. I say it like that. Comedy Skills Radio because I once judged the Miss Arizona Asian Teen Pageant. That's a thing. That's a thing, and the answer to all your questions is no. Yeah, I noticed the word teen was yeah, in there. I did. So, I uh, um, and people say, well, that was, people cannot figure out if that was very honorable of me or if it was just no way in hell anyway. So, um, <laughs> is there an adult Asian beauty contest of Arizona? I'm sure. I'm sure Matt Sadler, who's playing Rick Brunson's House of Comedy, two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one show Sunday. There's probably a senior Miss Asian <laughs> American. <laughs> Uh-oh. People love contests. Yeah. So, um, actually, I helped write an ad. A woman called me one time. She was like 80, uh, 75 or 80, and she was a waitress someplace. And she'd entered a Miss Senior Arizona pageant, and her talent was going to be comedy. And uh, so I met with her in like a Denny's, you know, to help her write this act. Sure. You know, I went, okay, I'll do it. And uh, then she, uh, I said, well, tell me about yourself. She goes, well, I used to be a hooker in Kansas City. What the? <laughs> 
I go, yeah, show me the hotel and the guy who was her pimp who then got killed and stuff. Oh. You know, <laughs> this is an amazing story. Like a nice old lady, you know, who's like, you know, gray-haired, who's, who's like one of those uh, waitresses at Denny's going, how you doing there, pal? We got a More tea? Yeah, well, I was a hooker. Wow. And then I married a man I hated, <laughs> but he was rich. And I'm sitting going, I don't, Jesus Christ, I'm going to get arrested sitting here with this woman. Oh. I, w- I once had to judge a, a pregnant bikini contest. <laughs> and, See what I mean? Yeah. And I, it was me and some other comics who were supposed to rate everybody from one to ten. And I just have this thing where I don't, I, this may be controversial, but I don't find pregnant women attractive. Uh, I just. Uh, I know, I know. I know. This is I know. into something. So here. I was giving everybody like ones and twos, and the other judges were like, what are you doing? You're, just, you're being so mean. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't find her sexy. <laughs> What about the way the belly button protrudes? I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Something about that little button all of a sudden popping out around oh, six months. Oh, man. Bing! Same thing happened to me when I got a hernia. <laughs> the belly button on a pregnant woman is very similar to the pop-up thermometer on the Christmas on the Thanksgiving <laughs> That's turkey. Right. Yeah, right about the time it pops out, you go, this bird it's is done. cooked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to watch it any, any minute now. You know, turn off the Packers. Right. It's coming out. The turkey? No, the baby. Dad. <laughs> Some people would not turn off the Packers for the baby coming no, out. No, they would not. Yeah, yeah, especially nowadays when they're almost good. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. What? What Ew. are you ooing about? I hate the Packers. She's Illinois. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Packers fan. Yeah. I'm a Bears fan. I'm. Uh, you know, I grew up in St. Louis, so I was a St. Louis football Cardinals fan. They're here, but I also have the more pragmatic reason view of this. I'm not. I'm not like this is their year because we said that for many years in St. Sure. Louis, and it never was their year. And, you know, Sunday, man, Sunday with the Arizona Cardinals. Are you a football fan? I, I am because I'm married to a woman who is a Cowboys fan. Uh, let me let me repeat my question. Are you a football no, fan? No, stop it. <laughs> She's listening to this. <laughs> no, I root for... I, what I'm, is your name? What is your wife's name? Becca. Becca. Um, wait, didn't, is it Romo out already? I, uh, yes. Is well, he? at least for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Why yeah. does Jerry Jones keep Romo? I, Becca, nobody, will you... Will you let us know if there's any way? There are a team of scientists who are trying to figure out the decision-making of Jerry Jones, and they have not been able to penetrate it. Ever since he got rid of, um, um, who was the great uh, uh, coach he had? I mean, big ego, perfect hair. His name's escaped me at the moment. J.R. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Jones. Jerry, yeah, he got rid of him. Yeah. And it was like, why? Yeah, I know. Why? They were were doing so well with it. He would have fired Tom Landry if he was given the opportunity. (laughs) Well, just leave your hat. We'll put it on another man. No, I'm a baseball guy. I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, let me repeat my question. Oh, you stop. I, first up, what you, you, sir. I you will stand for a lot, but I will not stand for you, maligning the New York Yankees in my presence. Best team money can buy. Uh, no, apparently not. <laughs> best, ta- place. best team steroids can produce. All right. uh, now, you know what? They're, they're a great team. Uh, I came, I was raised in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> they're a great team. They're a great team. <laughs> they're a great team. I was so dismissive. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> Babe Ruth. Joe, uh, Joe DiMaggio. Oh, I just got grandpa. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing great, grandpa. <laughs> but uh, St. Louis is the w- it, for many years had the most pennants of any team in the National League, only rivaled by the hated New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have more world championships than any team in any sport. Not only that, they have more world championships than any baseball team on any planet. <laughs> Never heard that step before, but I heard that I'll when, take I was, it. when I was very high. You know what else? There's no other planet. So <laughs> it has as many world team champions. Pass that over here, would you? So you're big, yeah. But all right. So 
let's let's be honest though. Okay. Okay. So the Yankees, uh, yeah, look, the Yankees are fabled. They're famous. Sure. Yeah, they've uh, given us some of the greatest baseball players of all time. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I'm waiting okay. for your question. Okay. I know where you're going. Okay. But, but uh, isn't it easy to be a Yankees fan because they're winners, as opposed to saying being a Cubs fan because they're not winners? No. And okay, here's yeah. why. Yes, why. Because you can be like an Astros fan or a Rangers fan. And the Rangers, if they make it to the World Series, it is such that you made it to the World Series. That's a huge thing. That never yeah. happens. If the Yankees don't unless win the World the, Series, unless you're it playing is a the disa- Cardinals. <laughs> if the Yankees don't make it, I'm sorry. It's a disaster of a season. Yes. We've failed. If we don't win the World Series, we have failed. Yes. And we failed a lot lately. We failed a lot lately. Yeah. It's so a- the argument about money is rather Remember the big uh, the big rivalries between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees? You yeah. know? It well, they were the Brooklyn Dodgers at the they time. They were the Brooklyn Dodgers. There was their yeah. rival, but even in the, in the 70s, it was like the Dodgers were the best team in the National League and, sure. the, and the Yankees were the best team in, in the AL. Yeah. yeah, and uh but you, when you think about how many years has it been now since either one of these teams have have made it to the big show. Right, right. It's um, been a while. But the thing with both of those teams is you always think they have a chance. It's like you know, I look. I know the Cubs have got the best record in baseball right now. Oh God, they're on my fa- they're my fantasy pitching team, and I'm having a blast with that. I, I have different fantasies, so uh, I don't know. Maybe you have the same. Only it's with ball players. I don't know. Um, but I don't think they're going to make it to the World Series and win. All right, all right. Take it all right, hold it. Okay, all right. Now. Yeah. So the Yankees? Yeah. No, they're not. No, no, no they the, Cubs. Get, the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs. I'm the sorry. Cubs. No, they will. They're, yeah. I actually believe they will. Yeah. I think they're going to win this year. You know year. what? I, I think, say it every year, I think but they're, they're really going to win this year. I think they're going to win this year. I think they're like that fast horse who fades in the final turn. Right. I disagree. Tony. Well, you know, only time will tell, Mandy. Some, something will happen. They've got Matt. the best shot they've had in a long time. they got the best shot they've had in a long time, but I don't see it. You know what? When they win the series, I will come back on this show. You will, and I will giggle for an hour. You will, and we're just gonna have you get. We'll have something else going. on. We'll have someone talking. And we'll just you in the background. I'll just be in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> sipping my coffee and laughing my ass off. Look, I I don't care if they win or not. Why? I mean, wouldn't you they, like it? Would it? 1918 was the last time. I, let me point. Out, I was raised. Oh, in, I was raised in St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's nothing thrilling about. I was raised in St. Louis, so you're right next to downstate Illinois, and when the Cubs would play. We'd get a lot of these cub people coming cub people. over. Cub people. Do, do you like <laughs> think you of them that. as bad people? Like, I'm really confused right now. <laughs> I, cub people, like they're really hairy. <laughs> just, yeah, like, they eat salmon out of the stream. I see them as a. Uh, I see them as an apocrypha. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. <laughs> Let me go further, sir. I see no. Re- listen, Mandy, don't give me this look, okay? I'm not talking about. Like, oh, she's staring here, daggers. Right? Yeah. I'm a Chicago girl and a mother. Don't fuck with me and my cups. There Ooh. we go. Okay. <laughs> that was the now, first F bomb of the podcast. That's awesome. Now, you're a Who'd Chicago- have thought it would have come from her? <laughs> we knew. She- now, we knew. <laughs> you're a Chicago Cubs fan from the Chicago area, correct? Yes. I'm talking about your downstate ilk, okay? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Springfield punks. Okay, I'm talking about right. I'm talking about Peoria pukes. <laughs> so, who would Southern Illinois people who had come over to our fine, clean, pristine comedy, uh, our uh, baseball organization, right, right. with their Cubs gear on, and expect to be treated like people. So, uh, um, anyway, look, you know, it doesn't, I don't even care about that. I just, I drank a lot in those days. Yeah. And I was at a baseball game, and you, we would do that stuff like, you know, you're walking along, you know, get your, where you just kind of bump into another guy really hard and go, sorry, sorry, man. Oh, your hat fell off, man. 
you know, the same thing that you experience if you go to a Yankees game or a Raiders game and you're wearing the gear of, of the other team, the, other the rival, city. yeah. I was at the uh, Raiders game in 1983 when they beat the Seahawks. Oh, boy. And Dave Krieg is – I actually have an autographed Dave, Dave Krieg football. Really? He was the quarterback for the Seahawks. I didn't know him then. And there was, like, thousands of Seahawks fans there who were pummeled with rocks and garbage. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, ugly for the – it, was it, was, uh, it wasn't fun. It was, I'm joking, by the way. I'm kidding around, Manny. Don't, don't pull a switchblade on me. <laughs> just uh, whatever you, whatever you cub That's the only pe- reason he's saying that. Whatever you cub people carry. Uh, <laughs> you know – don't go out and deflate my tires or it's anything. A, it's a Nerf switchblade. Yeah. yeah. Don't pretend like this is like rival comedy club stuff where you're <laughs> yeah, going into their bathroom and shoving. I knew a guy one time who went to a rival comedy club with a bag of oranges and flushed oranges down their toilets. What? Yeah. Yeah. War, baby. That's war. It's comedy war. So um, it's none of that. Uh, you know what? If the Cubs win, great. I'll be happy for them. Sure. I'm not like, wow. It's like. I get it. But I, I've also, I'm also more of an NBA guy at this point in my life. Ah. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, Disgusting. Absolutely repulsive. See, what's right. repulsive about basketball? Oh, it's the worst sport ever. Well, I don't know about All that. All you hear is like squeaking 24, like the whole time. <laughs> that's you know, it's true. It's we, awful. It's I, the worst. That's all I hear. It's that's not the worst. Have I you was, ever seen the baby juggling world championships? <laughs> We're going to get into oh, this. That's a terrible sport. Right. Now, Mandy is, uh, despite the fact that she's just, uh, it's almost like you revealed yourself that you're a communist or something. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, that she's a Cub, that she's a hardcore Cubs fan. But it's okay because she's from Chicago. It's not like being a Cubs fan and living in Iowa. What's what's the point in that? Yeah, yeah. And downstate uh, Illinois is like Iowa without um, any of the culture. So uh, <laughs> she's also a hockey fan. She's a, uh, that's right. Well, you have to be if you work for Rick. <laughs> it's, it's it's actually on the application. So is that okay? Yeah, yeah it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. Are you a hockey fan? Yeah, yeah okay. Um, <laughs> Mandy is here. Okay, and uh, uh, every Friday we also get to talk to Mandy. She's become part of the show. Do we have the song today, Cheryl? We might. I'll we might. We'll we actually uh, we had her in a few weeks ago with um, I always forget Manuel the comic's Martin. name. What was it? Ma- Monroe? Martin. And we were talking about uh, children, and we were talking about uh, so many kids having allergies. Sure. And uh, uh, Mandy has some strong views, which I agree with. Okay, what was that? I don't know. Was, was that you? You're making weird noises. Um, <laughs> My wife's making weird noises. My wife's in the back making weird noises. She's looking for the song. And as she began to talk about um, what she sees is one of the problems with so many allergies in children is because what mothers do while they're pregnant. Oh, which is sleep with strange men. No, no which is no, no. which is that that they're so try to be pristine with their diets and everything. Okay, that the kids then are prone to infection and allergy. And as she started talking about that, Monroe and I started doing a little rap. Nice. And then Shirley actually got it all recorded and made a song, but it's not ready. Next week we will unveil. I have have a version. I had actually four versions. Yeah. She has spent, she she spent like, like a. We could share one version. All right. So this is, this is like a bootleg version. This is not the final product. Okay. We're thinking, I have a friend who's a sound engineer in Los Angeles, was on John Lennon's album instead of Dre's albums. I'm thinking about sending it to him. They really get it fixed right, but yeah. here's the song. I gotta hear this. Okay, this is this is this is a rough outtake of "Eat It While You're Pregnant." Okay. Just I just announced it, Cheryl. Just played it. Now I now I gotta sit here and hey, the weather today. <laughs> hey, look, I found my keys. And one more time, we're talking Donald Trump and his whole birth thing. <laughs> well, I'm Do you have it? Do we have it here? Mandy really wants it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> 
Split his eardrum. That killed him. You don't think uh, it was good? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think it just blew out all the speakers. Sounded like the radio message they got in contact. <laughs> Let's hold off till next week. <laughs> There's no way we're getting a record deal off of that. <laughs> let's just hold off till next week and test it. <laughs> but I, I, I think you're right, though. I don't have kids, but my sister, she would do the thing, you know, like when kids are sleeping, you're supposed to be just shh, yeah. be really quiet. She would turn up the TV and make yeah. sure people were talking so the kid gets used to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My mom was the quiet one, mm-hmm. and so now I'm a very light sleeper. Okay. I can't. I, uh. I always used to wake up, oh. I, all the, and I still do it. And my son, I, you know, I vacuum, I do all that stuff. My son just sleeps right through it. Oh. My parents would fist fight in the front yard. And yeah. We, we would just all go look out the window. And go, mom and dad are fighting again. So they went outside. That was nice of them. <laughs> they went, look, I grew up. I grew My up, folks, not. I not grew so up much. in one of those old neighborhoods in the inner city, uh-huh. where it, all of a sudden people sit at a table. And go, all right, is that the way you feel? Let's go outside. They have there were rules. Oh, you got to go outside. You had to go outside, even in a bar. Like if two guys you fight, you never fought in a bar because then you wouldn't be able to go to the bar anymore. Because Johnny Johnny Palowski would not let you in anymore. Yeah, you want to you want to yeah. be able to go back to that bar. If they start arguing, Johnny Palowski go take it out in the alley. Wow. And you go out in the alley. Wow. Yeah, and you'd have it out, and if either could stand afterwards. That's a good bar. You go back in and drink. Pulowski's Tavern. Yeah. 19th Street in uh, North Market, uh, a neighborhood that barely exists anymore. Speaking of barely existing, we would have talked to Mandy about uh, we're upset with you once again, and you know why. No, I don't. Why do you think we're upset? We're, we, are, we are the radio show that likes kids. We love kids. I love oh, kids. Oh, my I, son. I have, two mm, gra- yeah. I have two grandchildren that... If I was making a little more money, it wouldn't take much more. A little more, I would just quit everything and just stay home with them. I you always stay st- home, Grandpa. That's when that's awesome. when their parents come over to the house. I always try to get them to drink heavily, hoping that they will like make horrible mistakes and then I'll be able to get custody. Nice. That's a horrible thing. Oh, to see. Yeah. you really want kids? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I, I have a daughter, but she's grown now. Yeah. Then she's then a Los Angeles girl, so sure. she's. I'm not ready. They're not Stop as fun when they're grown. Yeah. No, she's fun, but she's not gonna go. When are you gonna have a kid? She goes, Shut up, Dad. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. You so we always hope that you'll bring your son, and you don't. I'm sorry. Is it me? Is it my face? No, it's just. Is it Rob? No. It's Rob the intern. Probably Rob, honestly. (laughs) Your son that I almost accidentally killed. Yes. What's this? So this is a story I've been wanting to uh, tell on air. Okay. I gotta try and do it without laughing so hard. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we hate laughter. On this <laughs> no, it's like it, it's a it, comedy it, podcast. No, Why no, would you laugh? It, honestly, it just gets to the point where I can't even tell the story because I just laugh so hard. So the other day, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be you're the only one laughing, and we're like this. I hope it not. It has really, happened that way yeah, before. It, it has, has happened that way. But God, I hope not. So I had to pick Matt up from the airport, and the first thing Damn I it. do is I, I text him, and he texts me back saying that he's going to be wearing a mesh tank top, cowboy boots, and short shorts. And so I started laughing. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty funny. And then I I started thinking, I was like, God, what if he really is wearing that? Like, what if I, like, show up and he's actually wearing that? That's going to be really awkward. And so I pull, I get to the airport. But funny. Yeah, hilarious. Maybe even funnier than the story. I don't know. Um, So he's in Terminal 2, and... Terminal 2, you drop off and pick up and the same thing. And there's that little roundabout where you can keep going. Mm-hmm. And I got there kind of early, and so I just kept going around and around and around. 
And then he texts me saying that he was at door seven. So I pull up to door seven. I'm thinking that means he's got his bag and he's ready to go. <laughs> and so I pull out right in front of the door seven and the security guard's walking up and down and I'm seeing the security guard stop the guy behind me. So I was like, fuck, he's This was a me. cop with yeah. a gun. <laughs> this was not a security guard. one of those little fluorescent things, like not a real cop, like a rent-a-cop. No, he, was, he had a gun and a dark <laughs> look on his real face. Real gun, everything else goes, you know, oh, he's just only got one arm, but he has a gun. <laughs> He only yeah. has one leg, but he has a gun. <laughs> yeah. He's blind, but he has a gun. That's where I focus yeah. on it's, first. It's yeah. the gun. Yeah. So, um, the way of the I gun. have no voice whatsoever. My voice is completely gone. Matt doesn't know this yet. And the cop's coming up. And I'm like, fuck, I need to. I'm, he's got to come out here. So I call him. And right when he answers. By the, the way, what are you going to do when I go back on AM radio? Oh, uh, not not speak. We're gonna do this show and an AM radio show starting in 2017. Oh, cool. Um, fucking well, AM, huh? Well, yeah. fucking, fucking AM. AM. <laughs> I guess I fucking say fuck. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, so cop knocks on my window, and um, as he's knocking on the window, Matt answers the phone. And the only thing I can think of to say when I have no voice whatsoever is, please help. It's <laughs> just the most terrifying phone call you can get. Just someone that I don't know going, please help me. And I'm like, oh God, what are you? Is Timmy caught in a well? What happened? What do you need? What can I do? And so then I rolled on the window, and Matt comes running out, and he's trying to convince the cop to just let me sit there for a couple more minutes because his bag's gonna come out. And the cop's like, well, it, you know, it's an unloading zone and loading zone, like you know. And he still has I'm, a gun. <laughs> like you got to keep moving and he's like i'll be like two seconds and she's ma- moving her eyes real fast towards you and the cop like hey hey it's him <laughs> trying to give eye signal <laughs> he's gonna kill me <laughs> yeah. so matt convinces him to let me sit there for a couple minutes but the cop sits right at the like the doors and yeah. is watching matt and matt is pacing back and forth like he's freaking out that his bag's taking so I'm long panicking, yeah panicking and um so a couple minutes goes by and the cops just look at staring at Matt cop keeps looking at me like you gotta go so I call Matt I'm like I'm just gonna go around one more time <laughs> he comes out and he's like I don't know what happened the, the carousel just stopped like I'll meet you back here in one second I was like all right so I go around again and before I could even get to the stop lane like I was still in like the through lane he goes <laughs> he comes running out with this massive bag like a massive bag it's a hard shell suitcase oh my yeah God. it's huge and he's freaking out because the cop's still staring at him and he still has a gun. And <laughs> <laughs> so Smart. Matt's freaking out. So he op- I can't talk. And so Matt opens the, the back passenger door where my son is sleeping. And he goes... Oh, <laughs> my God. I go to hurl it in there. <laughs> and then I notice a toddler at the last possible second. Oh, right my God. I crushed his little skull. Oh. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, God. And so he shuts the door and the he cop's still got a gun. <laughs> and the cop has a gun. <laughs> So then he goes to the trunk and he can't figure out how to open it. And you got it. another baby in there <laughs> <laughs> with a gun. There could have been another baby in the back of the car. When you write it as a sketch, that's how it works as a sketch. See? There's babies everywhere. What part of this car doesn't have a baby in it? You're turning around and all of a sudden the cop's holding the baby. <laughs> baby in one hand, a gun in the other. Oh my God, Mandy has become a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Cuff uniform on. 
So he goes to the trunk to try and open it, and he can't. He can't figure it out, and he is freaking out. So he all all of a sudden, I just hear him say, "Fuck it!" And he comes over to the the. Uh, passenger door, and he gets in the car, and the, I'm not joking, this suitcase is massive, and he tries dragging the suitcase in on top of him, he gets it in, and his face is completely smashed in the suitcase, and he can't shut the door, so he's holding the door shut, and he goes, go, go, and he goes, go, go, just hit the gas, <laughs> Like on, on the loading zone or whatever, I'm like, all right, let's get this suitcase in the back. You're not driving all the way to the freaking condo with this suitcase <laughs> on, on your face. <laughs> so I, I go to pull over, and he goes, I can't get the door open. I can't, I can't find the door. The He's like, suitcase, oh my god. So I finally go what over and do it. What door handle? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I finally go over and I open it for him, and that's. And then we get in the back. But she had laryngitis. She had no voice. And there was a kid sleeping in the back. So she's whispering. And I think it's because there's a kid sleeping in the back. So I start whispering, too. I'm like, hi, it's good to meet you. I'm Matt Sav. How are you doing? Thanks for picking me up from the airport. You know what I mean? I want to wake up your kid. You know what I mean? Beautiful. You get to the condo. You take a sigh of relief. You open up your suitcase. There's a baby in it. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> I get in the condo, it's filled with babies. Coming out like all chucky and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, speaking of babies, this oh, is uh, the question we we're going to wrap up with today. Uh, and this has been... Uh, you know, I'm so that's glad you... Man, this has been fun. This has yeah. been tons of fun, man. Um, we asked Mandy a question last week because she oh, has... Yeah. Mandy has, has something that is known as baby fever. Some people get BB fe- Bieber fever. Uh, here in the valley, we have valley fever. Okay, there is jungle fever. Yeah, it's actually normal fever too, where you just yeah, have a high temperature. Just a high temperature. Yeah, but she has the baby fever. Okay, she wants another one. She wants a nern, as uh, an old construction guy used to work nern. with. If he wanted to give you something else, he'd go, give me a nern. <laughs> give me a nern. Yeah, it took me like three days to figure out what this guy was saying. All right, so you want to have a nern baby? Yeah. You want to, and you don't really care if there's a. Uh, if you you don't care about have some someone else somebody you raise it. I mean, if you met someone you loved him, it's gonna work out as a relationship, fantastic. But that's not your main issue. You love children. You're doing a great job with this young man, by the way. But you want to have another baby. And you will not reveal the name of the comic who got you pregnant with this baby. Uh, it was a comic? No. Oh. No. no. I, I, <laughs> I was willing to buy it. I, you had me. I'm doing, I'm doing like a Trump thing. If I just keep saying it, it'll be true. <laughs> you you had the baby with a comic who was a birther. Uh, no. Okay. So it was someone. Okay. But now I asked you if there was a comic you would have another baby with. Who would it be? We gave you a week to think about it, and you've narrowed it down. Now, this week, I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to let you narrow it down to three. Now, I'm out of town next week, okay? So the show will go on. Shirley's going to run the show, but I'm going to be out of town next week, so we won't ask next week. So you have two weeks to narrow it down to one. And like Highlander, there can be only one. Who would be, who are your top three comics right now? That you know, not like on TV or something, like a fantasy, you know, but that you know that you have interfaced with that you would have a child with. <clears throat> All right. So there are three. Um, one is strictly based on looks. Strictly. Um, and I'm out of this. Not I'm exactly. Out. Tony's out of this. When did I marry? Okay. Um, Kelly Taylor. Kelly Taylor. Yes. Kelly Taylor. Yes. He's a Canadian comic. He is 
literally perfect. Um, however, is this one of the guys like Tammy books a lot of these like male model comics? Yeah, he's perfect. He <laughs> he could, he's like so strong. Sure, he and I talk about. I go, I go. Are these guys funny? Or they? Uh, did she find him a GQ and go? Would you like to do comedy? Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. Kelly Ta- Kelly Taylor. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he can't have any more kids. So um, no penis. What? Uh, <laughs> vasectomy. Oh. So um, you can have those reversed. Okay. Well then, he's back okay. in the running. Okay. Um, the next one is. We were talking about him earlier um, because I love my mixed babies because um, ah. my son is mixed. I would have to say Reuben Paul. Reuben Paul. Yeah. Reuben Paul. Yep. A little uh, little cream in your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. A little so, Latin flavor. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, him. Or, this one's a local. This is number three. He's no longer local, unfortunately. But this is strictly based on his humor. Michael Longfellow. Yeah. Michael, yeah. I love Michael Longfellow. Mike's a good-looking boy. Yeah. He's, he's my he's Rob, my local comedian crush. You were gonna for say sure. something? Did you see the shout out he got from Jonah Ray? Yeah, yeah. I would I'm proud to say, by the way, I'm proud to say uh, that I was the one who found Michael Longfellow. He took he took a workshop with me and we became and for like two or three years he was he was in the workshop, he was doing shows. We were the first ones to headline him here in town. And now, of course, he uh, doesn't call us. So, um, but he's so, a great guy, very funny. I'm a close fourth, right? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. You're a fourth like the Iraqi army. Yeah. Like, you know, they say the top three armies, the United States, hey, China, and, you know. And, they're still swinging, though. And the, and the fifth is the guy with a rowboat. So, uh, I'm like, <laughs> you know you and, you know what you and I are? It's like it's like in boxing where there's a guy, he's the number 10. They're just, we're just here to round out the field. Like in a horse race, you go, we got to have 10 horses. Put that horse out You'll there. You'll do. Yeah, not going to win. So Michael Longfellow, <coughs> you would have a baby with. Oh, yeah. He's damn near just a baby himself. I know he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he is very young. A, there was a, just a, a, I don't do these Facebook dust-ups locally, but there's a local comic, female comic who I like. Going, I went to the record show, I discovered him. I just went, ha! You know, I saw him before he was ever on stage. Funny guy. We're very proud of the work he's doing. Let's hope that he doesn't get all drugged out and stuff in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't think so. He's get such somebody a good pregnant. Kid. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He can get one one person. Pregnant. I understand. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> you, you made it clear. Uh, so re- you don't have to wrap it in. So <laughs> with a with a with a young man who has the face of a two year old because Michael looks about two years old. I know, old. but he's so funny and he's such a good person. So that's why I'm like, he'd give my. We are talking about Michael Longfellow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now he is he is he's a good person. Who did he get a shout out from, Rob? Uh, Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray. All right. Where did he get this shout out? On Facebook. Well, that's where all good things happen. Facebook. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Good. It's on Facebook. It Has Michael moved to Los Angeles now? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I actually told him one time I was talking to him. I go, if you don't move to LA, I'm just I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. Mm. I said, there's no reason for you to stay in this town. This town has has a great comedy scene. But the problem with the comedy scene in this town is people start thinking that it's a real comedy. That right. it's real. It's not that it's not real. It's a great process town. You know, um, but uh, it's only a process town. Right. There was a time 10 or 11 years ago when there were guys actually coming in looking at guys. But then after a while, those guys went, yeah, just tell them to come. Like everybody in L.A. Look, if you're in L.A., if you're playing the Ice House in Pasadena, no one from, and that's a great club with great people. Sure, sure. No one from the industry will go there to go to Pasadena. I Got to drive, drive all the way. Yeah. Is there a club near my house? Jan Smith, who's involved with the Ice House, used to have a club in West Los Angeles called Igby's. And it was in West L.A. Uh-huh. where so many people in the industry live. So that's where they would go see everyone. Yeah. Not at Bud's place. Not at Mitzi's place. And, and I don't want to upset. Even though Bud's reti- even though Bud's retired, he still has a lot of muscle. Uh, uh, and I'm I, I'm in the I like Bud a lot camp 
which is pretty much me and his uh, stepson. So um, yeah, but yeah, Bud was a was wonderful to me. I met him. He was a very nice guy. Yeah. The problem with L.A. a lot of times is you can be the funniest guy in India Indianapolis. Yeah, you're the funniest guy in that city, and you move to L.A. and you're going up against the funniest guy in Tallahassee yeah. and the funniest guy from Richmond. You know, all those guys are the funniest guy from yeah. their town. You know what I mean? But and what, they're you, all in one here, one place. The issue we have in this town. It is that there's too many who have stayed too long at the fair, mm. you know? And I and I look, I don't blame them. And there's some, I've had legitimate conversations with some very funny guys in town. I go, look, I'm married. I got a couple kids. I get a good job. I love doing comedy. But I, there's a guy, um, uh, I'm not going to say his name, because but he's a good friend of mine. He's extremely funny. He does a lot of corporate stuff now. And okay. he, has, he has a good six-figure job doing uh, in, in a, a regular industry during the day, and he's got three kids and a wife and he goes Tony I'm not going to put my family through that Sure, I'm not going to move to a studio in North Hollywood and he goes maybe I'm selling myself short but that's my deal I got a wife and kids and I can make a good living here and I'm going to do it some other way yeah. and this was a guy who I thought I thought this guy could have his own sitcom he could yeah. be the next dad sitcom if he gave it five to seven years right. he has a chance He may, I know a few like that but for too many of them they stayed here too long and now it becomes that sort of remember, remember you were in high school maybe you were in high school, and yeah. there was like that 22-year-old that still kept coming to the high school parties. Yeah. And at first, he was kind of like a cool guy, and then you realize he was like weird. He's just the guy we bought, bought us all beer. Yeah, yeah, he brought us all beer, and you realize it was because 22-year-old people or 24-year-old people didn't need to go, no, we don't hang out with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I now I'm encouraging them. I go, it'll be rough. It'll be brutal. Uh, you'll cry. You'll hate yourself. Sure. I go, but give it 10 years. You're close enough here to come back here. You know, Kirsten Alberts is coming back and doing a show for us. She's been on Laughs now four times. You know, she's doing the Hollywood thing. So we encourage them now, as we encourage Michael, to get the hell out of here because mm. there is enough of the kind of stuff you can do here or there where you could still be under the radar. Right. Because that's the mistake that used to be made in Los Angeles was the only places to be were where people were watching. And if they saw you and you were bad, you were bad forever in mm. their mind's eye. Yeah. So Michael's in Los Angeles. So if I ever hear you've made a weekend trip to L.A., We'll know the reason. And Ruben Paul, I think, lives in Los he Angeles. Does. So when I said a group nice. thing, and where's Kelly Taylor live? Canada. Canada. So he's out. I'm going to bring him down. It's okay, you bring him down. <laughs> Do you tell Tammy to book him? Do you go, hey, Dad, Kelly Taylor's Oh, my God. Fun. They haven't booked him since last July. Believe me, I know exactly when he was here. July 4th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just started ovulating, didn't you? <laughs> she bit. did. A little bit. She's got the baby fever. I got the comedy fever. See how I did a little segue there? I did. That, that was, was, I was deft. That was like a real radio, which I hate. Yeah. Uh, a real radio uh, segue. So uh, we got the. And if you have comedy fever, ladies and gentlemen, here's where you want to be tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. It is the incredibly funny making his Phoenix debut, and yes. you don't want to miss that. There's nothing like being there at the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't. No, yeah, okay. it's good. I, I can. I can. I can. So I felt like I was on an actor studio. <laughs> I can do yeah. it. And we'd like to, yes, James. And your process. We didn't get to, and I'm going to, so you got to come back because I want to get to you because this is always so helpful to uh, a lot of people who listen to the show. And we, we've had novelists and authors and, and uh, showrunners and, and music people on. And we always want to get into talking about your process, sure. how you get from, from A to Z and stuff. So you got to promise me you'll come back and we'll do that next I'll time. I'll come back when the Cubs win. I, I, I would like you to come back regardless. I don't, I don't want to make it like that for you. I don't want that. Okay, you know what? Oh, yeah, they're going to the World Series. 
Fine. There is no, there is no goat. There is no curse. There was no guy in the stands catching the ball. There was no ball that went through anybody's legs. Nobody ever lost a ball in the ivy. None of the things that the tiny little thing that makes the difference. Only in Wrigley Field does that happen. You have ivy. You have fans that think they're playing. You have. You're play- not wrong. You have players that forget they are. Okay. It's <laughs> so. You know, I, I can't believe it. he's a Yankees fan, and you give me dirty looks. A Yankees fan. It's, a, it's, it's an American about League. The Cubs win. He's a damn Yankee. It's American League. Okay, it's right. It's right. You can do that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Matt Sadler, ladies and gentlemen, who who's uh, working with you this week? I don't know. Do we Tim know? Bateman Tim and oh, uh, David funny. Otley. Tim, yeah. David, Tim and David. David Otley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I won't mention I won't mention the club. I saw David Otley. I saw David Otley years ago with Kevin Nealon. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's what he talks about in his act. David's the funny, uh, he, the funniest person. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Yeah, I, he couldn't be there last night because he made it to the finals. Of I the I went person. down last night, you know, and uh, and and watched and uh, and so I saw David years ago opening for Kevin Nealon. He's a friend of Kevin Nealon. He yep. was in town, and uh, it was a little bit, little bit of a rough go for him. Five and you see the process taking place. Of back then, it was a rough go for him. If you understand what I mean by yes. rough go, oh, and then five years later, I'm watching him. Last night, and I pretty much knew who I thought was going to win. Uh-huh. I looked at the lineup. I go, I don't. Then when I got down there, I realized that I'd seen him before because I'm going, I don't know this guy. <laughs> and uh, I watched. I went, oh, and I go, this guy's going to win, you know. And sure enough, he, he won. He, did. he won. He, he won. won. That's great. Yeah, he That's won. Awesome. Oh, cool. I had my money on someone. I can't else. wait to see him. I had my money on. Um, can I tell you who I had my money on? I had my money on short bus. Uh, Steve Krause. Do you know Steve? Okay. All right. So uh, no. Okay. I'll, all right, so uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what all that was. Okay, he's a very funny guy in town, but uh, he did not win. Okay, but I thought that he would. I don't think we're doing well. They're both checking email. Well, here's the I, thing. I'm here's the thing with that with that particular contest. And, and, and there's a lot of people that are good friends of mine. Sure. I've, I've done business with that club forever. Okay. Okay, but always in the contest, like an out of town pro, it was Ty Rivera won one year, uh, Bob Kubota won one year, and uh, Bob's been. Bob and I kind of started together in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against all these guys who started three or four years ago in town and stuff. But uh, justifiably, they are the best. But it's almost like there should be two contests. Um. There should be the amateur and a pro. Kind of like box. There should be like divisions now. You know, because you got guys in this town who work pro. You know, or been doing it for 10 years. And you got people just starting out. Yeah. So there's, anyway, we're very happy for David. Uh, we saw him last night. And uh, Tim Biteman. I'm Tim Biteman. And uh, Tim started out with me. So I'm proud to see that he's uh, he's working as well. And it's a good. Show. It's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And you won't have any problem following any of that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. If I, you can go. He was you being know. so complimentary. Then he shot that Just one. Just mail it in, pal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I be I go with a notebook and try some new shit. No, no. Actually, those two guys are really gonna sit in no, nice, yeah. a nice table for you because they are funny, funny, funny. Cool. So uh, you will be there, and it's easy. It's not easy to get tickets, but it's, it's simple to get tickets. There's three ways I'm going to tell you about right now. If you're listening to this podcast at this moment, there is a link on our website, ComedySchoolsRadio.com. You can go to my sister website, ComedySchools.com, or you can go to HouseOfComedy.net and get tickets. See this very funny man. Also, if you want to pick up a couple of free tickets, 
Message me on my Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H. And if you're one of the first ones to do it, I might be able to fix you up with a pair of tickets. This is a great show. Mr. Sadler, thank you so much. Tony, thank you for having me. It was a blast. It was a fantastic hour and a half. It was a lot of fun. All right, sir. Thanks we for having me. We'll be right back. Cheers.